to fulfill the ninth season of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Did you know that there are over 300 prophecies pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament? Over and over, the Old Testament shows us that God is a God who keeps his promises, and none more important, the promise of a Messiah who will restore creation to its creator. We are calling this season Fulfilled because we will walk through just a few of these prophecies and see how Christ perfectly fulfills them during his earthly incarnation. Let's listen in as our guests share about one of these fulfillments today. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Um, I am your host, Bethany, and as a reminder, we are in season nine of the podcast called Fulfilled. So throughout the season, we are looking at different prophecies and covenants that were spoken in the Old Testament and then ultimately fulfilled by Christ in the New Testament. Uh, Today, I am here with my friend, Kate. So Kate, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what your life looks like? Great. Um, thanks so much for having this as a get to for me. Um, my name is Kate Hudson, and I am um, mom and wife. Um, my husband Dan and I will be married seven years this year, and um, we have four little kiddos. We have our oldest is five, um, and our next one is three and a half, a two-year-old, and a, we have a six-month-old. Oh, wow. So I stay home with all the, the crew, um, and... Yeah, get to spend my days with them, um, which I'm so grateful for. And on the side, I um, the Lord has given me a, a calling. Um, I studied nutrition, fitness, and undergrad, and then um, I have my master's in pastoral ministry. Oh, wow. um, the Lord just has so, over the years, like put on my heart um, to combine the two. Mm-hmm. And so I get to teach um, at group fitness classes with a nonprofit called Revelation Wellness. All right. Yeah. So I'm currently taking time off as uh, we have our youngest, um, Mm -hmm. just trying to be intentional of like when to resume classes for that. But that is my greatest joy to to get to lead others to Jesus and using fitness as a tool to spread the gospel. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, So getting into today's discussion, uh, what prophecy from the Old Testament have you chosen to um, talk about today? I have chosen to talk about um, the prophecy of the Messiah being born of a virgin. Okay. So do you have any um, specific sections of the Old Testament where we see this prophecy being mentioned that you want to share with us? Yes. So you can, if you want to go ahead and um, join us with this, we're going to be in Isaiah 7. Um, and specifically, um, I think it's really good to know that, or we'll kind of go into context here, but just... Um, it's mostly just in Isaiah um, 7 verses 11 through um, 16 that we'll be discussing today. All right. Did you want to read that for us? Yes, Do you mind? I would love to. So, um, and so it's kind of what's going on is this prophecy in Isaiah is um, Judah's going to be attacked by the Arameans and the northern tribes of Israel um, in hopes to overthrow the king of mm-hmm. Judah, um, who is a descendant of David, Ahaz, and as a result, end the Davidic dynasty. So this is, that's kind of what's happening right mm-hmm. here. Um, so verse 11, it says, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, 
I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. Um, and so with this, so there's also the background of um, Ahaz, the king at the time, mm -hmm. uh, Judah. He has just a lack of trust in what the Lord mm -hmm. is going to do. He's fearful of um, being overthrown. And um, back in verse 2, it says that Ahaz, um, he shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind mm -hmm. when he hears that these other tribes are going to come and mm -hmm. take over. Um, so he's a man of struggling faith at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this lack of trust is upsetting to God and he's asking them, um, he's asking Isaiah to warn them that if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Um, in verse 11, he, and he states that to encourage Ahaz, God offers to give him a sign beforehand stating it can be as deep as Sheol or high as heaven. Mm -hmm. So basically there's no bounds to this, to this sign that God mm -hmm. is willing to give Ahaz to, to basically request that he trust in him. Um, and so with that, we read there that Ahaz refuses to take up, got up on this offer mm. of a sign. Yeah. And um, he says, I will not put the Lord to the test, which is from Deuteronomy, mm. where they're, it, you know, in, in scripture, they're telling people not to put God to the test. Mm. So he's trying to be obedient in that. Mm -hmm. um, but then we see that God is kind of, annoyed honestly that like I'm offering you this mm -hmm. opportunity um so he de denies that opportunity um but so with frustration from God Isaiah then delivers this prophecy by stating in verse 13 is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also mm -hmm. um and so with this it's so important with this prophecy to recognize beforehand that this is a prophecy given to comfort Ahaz, but um, that Isaiah then says in um, verse 13, and he said, Hear then, O house of David. Mm -hmm. He's giving this to the entire people, mm -hmm. the Jewish people. It's not just for Ahaz. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important in this mm -hmm. prophecy mm -hmm. to give them all hope. Which kind of, you know, it goes back to... In an episode earlier in this season, um, one of our guests did a really good background for us, historical background. I know I I can often get lost in the Jewish history. You know, I'm I can track up through you know David and Solomon, and then once the kingdom split and everything, I I get kind of lost. And so, you know, being reminded that. You know, Isaiah's writing in a time of the kingdom splitting. Yeah. And so we see, you know, like that that fact that you mentioned that, you know, we already see God's plan of restoration and reconciliation, you know, even in this mention. So not just, mm -hmm. you know, the kingdom that Ahaz oversaw, but the whole kingdom of Israel. And then, um, you know, we've also talked this season about, um, how ultimately through Abraham's covenant, 
this is extended to the whole world. Right. And so, you know, things that I love that, you know, we're reminded of through looking at these prophecies this season is the specificity of what is said. Um, God doesn't want to be missed. He's not just giving us some, you know, crumb of information and hoping that we figure it out like he's very clear with um what he promises and then you know as we'll talk about later today you know he's clear in his fulfillment too yeah um what else do you do you think that there is any other um maybe important aspects of the context that it that we should talk about before we move on or any other um just information from the Old Testament as a whole that would be helpful to provide a foundation for then looking ahead to the New Testament? Um, yeah, so I think <clears throat> there, I mean, this is such, first of all, such a great opportunity to get to come and share this because this was something that I had never personally dug mm-hmm. into. And so I got to learn a lot um, in preparing. Um, but even just the the word Alma, which is used, the Hebrew mm. word of virgin, it's so, it's debated highly. Mm. And yet um, there was this, the, the reminder of a virgin birth by using the word Alma was important because it, it was this recognition that people kind of say, well, didn't, shouldn't he have used a different word? Or, mm. um, <clears throat> But it's reminded that this, the women of this time, a young maiden, Alma, which it means young maiden, mm-hmm at that time were understood in their culture mm-hmm. to be a virgin. So, um, and I think this importance of the name used, Emmanuel, is mm-hmm. so um, important as extra names in the Bible tell us something about the nature of, of the people that they're given to. Mm-hmm. So um, in back in Samuel 2, David and Jedediah, um, um, sorry, the word, the name Jedediah was given to Solomon as like an extra name. Mm-hmm. It says mm-hmm. in Samuel, upon his birth, Solomon is given a name from God by the prophet Nathan, um, which of Jedediah to Solomon. So mm-hmm. it means friend of God. Mm-hmm. So just these extra names that are given are so important to know the meaning because mm-hmm. Emmanuel, God with us, yeah. is crucial. Yeah in this case, in this prophecy, Mm -hmm. it's not like, it's unlike any other name that's been given. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think that's important to know in Old Testament history, as well as the importance with the fulfillment of this prophecy Mm -hmm. to know that, um, there's also at the same time from Isaiah and, um, Jeremiah Mm -hmm. and, um, in Second Samuel, of this importance that the Messiah be from the Davidic line. Mm-hmm. So again, with this threat to end the Davidic dynasty, mm-hmm. this is crucial mm-hmm. because their promise not only is the Messiah in this prop- prophecy that he will be born of a virgin, but also that this individual will be from the Davidic line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see, you know, how often... Um, the enemy was at work through history to, to try to thwart, you know, God's plan. And to know that, um, early on in, in David's reign, he was given that promise that Mm -hmm. the, the heir, the, the Messiah would come through him, not through Saul. Right. Um, that was taken away from Saul. Um, but then we fast forward and we see that, 
uh-oh, we have some very real enemies at the door trying to threaten that. So that that's where our humanness has to wrestle with, okay, God said said this, right. but my view of what's happening seems to be starting to oppose what God said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to respond in faith? Am I going to... Um, hold fast to God's character and that he's He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Right. It may take a miracle. It may take, you know, just trusting that it may not play out the way we assumed it would, right. which, you know, how much of Christ's, Christ's <laughs> ministry didn't play out the way that people assumed it would. Um, but we see that that threat that the enemy is constantly trying to undo what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And thinking that he can. Yeah. But yeah. we all know that's not right. Not possible. And even, you know, the significance of, you know, we have so many, obviously our, our season is limited number of episodes. And so there's plenty of prophecies that we didn't have a chance to go through. Mm-hmm. But how countercultural it was for God to make a point to reference, you know, this virgin birth because we know you know historically then there was so much emphasis on the male and the head of the um, home leadership and societal leadership and then we see this promise that you know is dependent upon a certain type of female right and then to point to point back to the importance of connecting these prophecies then we fast forward into the new testament and um, I hope I'm not stealing your thunder at all. And maybe it's a good segue. <laughs> yeah, but, good. you know, we see in in the Gospels, we have two different lineages of Christ that are presented yes. to us. Yes. One is showing the connection through Mary. Yep. And one showing the connection through Joseph, who was not his his biological father. Right. Um, and so we see that both, you know, like you mentioned, both of these are kind of like companion uh, prophecies to a degree. Definitely. And we see how his birth, um, and there, you know, there's more fulfillment than just his birth, but they kind of both come into play because yes. we see, you know, we haven't lost sight of the promise to David right. in the midst of trying to fulfill this other promise that they all come there's together. There's a lot of things God's juggling, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Do you want to segue into that? Because, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So go ahead. It's such an important and beautiful point to the, like they, like you said, they just, they hold hands almost, right. these two prophecies yeah. too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so with that, how you were just speaking on the two different lineages being shared in the New Testament, um, there's the, in Matthew um, chapter 1, verse 1 through 17, and then Luke chapter 3, verse 23 mm-hmm. through 38. So both of these gene- genealogies, both Joseph and Matthew, and then Mary and Luke, um, both stem from the line of David. And it's important to see that, um, you know, Matthew is writing to uh, from like a Jewish perspective, mm-hmm. whereas Luke's is more j- from to Gentiles. So um, again, like you mentioned, women's genealogy was never mentioned. Mm-hmm. This is not common. So for Matthew to um, start his genealogy, the recording of that with the four individ- the four women of Tamar, mm-hmm. Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, that right there, to his right or to his audience mm-hmm. is like, whoa, where are you, where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah. Right. 
So it's really important to see here that there's two requirements for kingship in the Hebrew mm -hmm. scriptures. Mm -hmm. There's the requirement of the throne of Judah and Israel, right? Because mm -hmm. the two kingdoms have split. Um, the requirement for the throne of Judah was Davidic descendants. So no one could sit on the throne of David mm -hmm. unless he was a member of the house of David. So we're seeing Mary and Joseph being both back to um, the line of David, but he's expected to almost give the royal line, um, mm -hmm. Matthew is, in the beginning of this gospel. Mm -hmm. So um, he goes through the women who are all um, sinners and, and um, as we all are, and guilty, three of them are guilty of the sexual sin. So mm -hmm. for him to start his genealogy with these three women and then end um, with the prophecy that Jesus would be born of a virgin is just, was really beautiful for me mm -hmm. to read. Um, so he's expected to give that royal line, and instead he he links it into um, recognizing that G Joseph is from uh, King Jaconia is within his line. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how much you, you talked about this on the podcast, um, but that the curse, the Jaconian mm -hmm. curse, I think it's referred to, but... Um, Joseph, because he's from this line, is not qualified mm. to sit on the throne. He, because Jaconian blood, Jaconia and his blood live through Joseph, he's not qualified. Mm. So this is crucial for Mary being a part of this as well mm -hmm. and Jesus to be born of a virgin. Um, so there's no question. There's no that, question. Like, are we sure that this isn't Joseph? Right. Like, no, so, it can't be. No. And so if Jesus was the real son of Joseph, if people want to like try to disqualify mm -hmm. um, Jesus, he would. Joseph himself was disqualified. Mm -hmm. so mind blown. Like God's yeah. so good that he's just, just like, this is not right. possible. <laughs> um, so um, He's, yeah, he's wanting to ensure, Matthew's wanting to ensure that he's hitting upon this point, that the Jaconia, the Jaconia problem is is here and present. So that shuts that down before mm -hmm. he can say um, that he's born of a virgin. Um, and then Luke's gospel hits on this also from the different perspective, from Mary's perspective. And um, the other part of this is, so for kingship, is also the requirement for the throne of Israel was that prophetic sanction or divine appointment. Mm -hmm. So in the first, in Matthew's gospel, we're seeing this, um, the requirement of being on the throne of Judah for kingship, Davidic line. Um, and then we're seeing in it, Luke, the throne of Israel is being fulfilled in this divine appointment mm -hmm. um, with where he says in Luke one thirty two he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Um, no one else was ever called out like that, mm -hmm. given that specific divine appointment. Um, so Jesus is the only one that's ever received that. And um, so where most receive their humanity from both father and mother, um, the Messiah is receiving his completely and fully from his mother, Mary. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if you, if you, Ever want to take a look at that of Luke's Luke's genealogy um, pointing how Mary is mm -hmm. from the Davidic line herself. So um, that was pretty powerful to to get to learn and to read through. Um, and without a human father, his tribal identity stems from his mother, and completely contrary to um, 
what was the norm at that time, which like you just said, Mm -hmm. like God's just blowing this up. Like this is not going to be normal. The Mm -hmm. Messiah is not going to be normal. Um, as we see with the virgin birth. So we have two, two prophecies here that are just, as you said, blowing up anything that the enemy would try to try to mess with. Mm -hmm. Um, God's going outside of what our understanding can fully comprehend Mm -hmm. by giving two big miracles here. Mm -hmm. So now that we, you know, have gone into the background of the, um, family tree, how do we see Jesus fulfilling specifically the prophecy of the virgin birth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, we'll look at Matthew, both Matthew and Luke for these, um, for this fulfillment. Um, and it's fulfilled in both Matthew chapter one, verse 22 through 23, um, which verses all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So he's quoting here Isaiah's prophecy mm-hmm. to the house of David, again, bringing up that name, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and its importance in all of this. Um, and so this is happening also after the angel of the Lord is appearing to Joseph, where he's quietly debating mm-hmm. on divorcing Mary um, after finding out she's with a child, and they have not yet consummated the marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's th- there's just this question in his heart, um, and he's given this, this encouragement of she shall bear a son and you shall name his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So that's from verse 21. And then there's this, this reminder of the prophecy Matthew's trying to share with Joseph's doubt of her being Mm -hmm. a virgin. He's trying to then go back to Mm -hmm. remember, we see this, we see this back in the old Testament and this is the moment. This is what Mm -hmm. we've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then with Luke, we see it in chapter one, verse 31 through 35, where the angel Gabriel, he specifically appears to Mary and, um, it's her perspective of, of this. And, um, I just, I'm, I want to read this because I think her response, I think is so beautiful and powerful. Um, so again, it's Luke 1, 31 through 35. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And Mary responds in 38, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be me, let it be to me according to your word. Such grace mm-hmm. with that <laughs> response. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are seeing here just as women, I think it's really beautiful to get to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to just see the faith that she has. Um so it's fulfilled here in, in Matthew and Luke, and um, I think this is huge. It's showing the importance of this prophecy, of it being fulfilled, um, is crucial. Mm-hmm. Because if Jesus is not born of a virgin, then he's not God. Where it says here, you, he will be called holy, the son of God. Mm. If he's not born of a virgin, 
if he's actually Joseph's son, like some might try to debunk, mm-hmm. then it kind of blows up all the rest of his ministry and the cross. Yeah. So this, the, the fact that this prophecy be fulfilled is showing that Jesus is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're reading this after they've seen his ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, so if Jesus isn't God, his claims are not true. If his claims are not true, then salvation is a hoax mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. And if that's a hoax, then everything comes to this yeah. prophecy mm-hmm. being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's also neat to kind of look back, you know, when we talk about, you know, what, what would it have meant for the original audience and like, you know, the, the scriptures that you pointed out, the, you know, the original hearers were going to be Mary and Joseph separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but then thinking again, how it's one of those things where like, this is, this is a prophecy that was handed down through the generations, you know, mm-hmm. the, I'm sure all the good Jewish families that's what they taught taught themselves but then to not really have a grasp of what that would look like to play out and then you see like how how much of a big deal it was to be invited into this you know to be pieces of this puzzle you know so you had all of these like potential um ramifications for both Mary and Joseph separately and their relationship um, if they were to go along in obedience with, you know, being players in how this prophecy, um, kind of plays out and like seeing, seeing their responses to that, I think is important. We don't, Definitely. we don't see them just being like, okay, like no big deal. Like it, it was weighty. Right. So, um, so, you know, we've talked about obviously what this means for Christianity as a whole, mm-hmm. if this this particular prophecy wasn't fulfilled. Um, how have you seen this prophecy be important to you as yeah. you've studied this? Yeah. Um, I think it's just that beautiful reminder, which is so simple of this. No human could do what Jesus did. No human could be born of a virgin. And so only God, only God with us, Emmanuel, just that that name has been given to him since the old testament and so this um this recognition that jesus is fully the son of god in the virgin birth and um i think there's also this this beautiful understanding of mary's role in this for me um she i had shared um in the teaching collective actually about this beauty of in this passage that Mary is essentially becoming like an Ark of a Ark of the Covenant in the New Testament mm. by holding within her Jesus and um, within her body, the word made flesh, the bread of life an eternal priest or priest of like the true priest of God is within her womb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not only does God do this within Mary, she, she for me is kind of the greatest example of how to participate in God's plan mm-hmm. um, for this world and his kingdom to come to pass. And it's something that is so unheard, unfathomable, but Mary had to so deeply know the word of God to be able to 
have the courage and strength to say <laughs> what she says there of, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Let it be done to me. Let it be to me according to your word. And for me, it's this reminder of someone else could, someone might say, you know, if not Mary, it would have been someone else. And this reminder is, as a, as a virgin, as a young woman, a mere 14 or 15 years old, with the scrutiny to come from family, mm-hmm. from strangers, from Joseph, even, not, in, not out loud, but interiorly, she had to know God and she had to know who he was and his word. Um, and had to know that this prophecy from Isaiah was there mm-hmm. in what she had learned from her family and passed down um, and remained steadfast and strong in that mm-hmm. to endure what would come from others. Yeah. Um, so it's her, so that, that kind of blows my mind of no matter what, she had to remain true to what the promise mm-hmm. was that God gave her um, from Isaiah. And it is through her willing participation participation that this fulfillment then is able to come to pass that's great um so how do we then bridge you know talking about what this fulfillment means for you but kind of scaling back and you know reorienting ourselves to what does this fulfillment tell us about god yes um, I think it's just this reminder for me in reading this. It's this reminder that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And the promises, the covenants that are made are, it's so hard sometimes to remember in, in the darkness and mm-hmm. in the hard places of life that those promises are there. Um, no matter like how much time passes, we see throughout scripture how much time passes from all these promises. Yeah. And how easy it is to fall away. And so I think for me, it's this reminder that um, the importance of just the trust and the, um, even when things look completely impossible, Luke Mm -hmm. says here, for nothing is impossible for God. Mm -hmm. And just that reminder, that, that verse to be on my heart of nothing is impossible. It might not look like Things are going to come out. This promise is going to be fulfilled in the mm-hmm. way that I see it or in my time, my per- idea of my mm-hmm. perfect timing. But um, he's faithful. And um, um, I love that saying of like, if it's not if it's not good, it's not over. Of just this reminder that God is good and he will always bring about his good mm-hmm. from any circumstance because of his faithfulness. Yeah. That's good. Well, as we kind of wind down, are there any last encouragements that you might have for any of our listeners? Yeah, I think just this example here of Mary knowing the word of God, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for this ministry because it is trying to point all of us, uh, us as women and obviously into our families as well to the word of God. And so um, I think it's this, I have four young kids and it's sometimes really easy to get beat up of I'm not in the word mm-hmm. as often as I would like or as in mm-hmm. depth as, as in as much depth as I would like. But um, it's so there actually next to my bedside, there's this the verse I, Psalm 47, 46, 10 is be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. This reminder, it's next to my bed and yet I can like with some embarrassment say that I don't, I'm not really great at being still. (laughs) If you know me, I'm an extrovert and I'm really, um, 
I'm not great at being still. So this, um, the importance of getting quiet, being still, mm -hmm. knowing God is at work, knowing that he's faithful, um, and try and to be in the word when possible, even if it's just to have those, um, those phrases posted, you know, when you, those verses, when you are mm -hmm. in the word to put them somewhere in your home. Um, for me, it's having them right at my kitchen sink. Cause I'm doing dishes a mm -hmm. lot. Um, so just, I think to know that whatever you are doing, wherever you are in the word of God, it's good. And God is going to work through that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Kate. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a great opportunity. Appreciate it.